Hello, so welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, this is legacy number 67, or book club number three. Um, so we've started off this book club review um, uh, a month or so ago. We like to delve deeply into certain titles that mean something to us, or titles that are recent releases that everybody's talking about. Um, so we started off with Mr. Miracle, which was a pick of myself. We then moved on to Secret Wars, which was a, a pick of Keith's. And now we're going to move on to a pick of Roddy. So again, as always, I'm joined by the good men themselves. Roddy, yes. Who's going to lead this podcast. I'm going to lead it, yeah. This glorious leader. Yeah. We are excited. Yeah. Um, and of course, joined as well by Keith. So uh, yeah, as I say, we did Mr. Miracle before. I, I pretty much led on that one. Keith led uh, on... Uh, Secret Wars. I know you'll all be shocked to hear that Roddy picked an indie comic for his first one. Well, what is a it, shock! Is it an indie comic? It's well, a DC Vertigo. I suppose it is a. Uh-huh. I suppose Don't to a degree uh, it is. Tarnish my good name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'll, on your side for this one. Uh, well, I'll let you take it from here. Cool. Um, so my title um, is called Pride of Baghdad. Um, it was released in 2006, and it is. By Brian K. Vaughan, uh, did the writing. BKV. BKV, the man himself. And the art is by Nico Henrichon. And then for posterity, um, lettering is by Todd Klein. Um, inspired by a true story, it is the story of four lions who um, basically experience the Iraq War firsthand and they escape Baghdad Zoo. And it's the story of them basically facing the perils of. Uh, Trying to survive in uh, Baghdad, and it's it's more than that though. Yeah, it's so it's that. political allegory. It's uh, like meditation on the Iraq War, um, and I guess we'll get to it all. A meditation of freedom. Yes. Yeah. Um, whether that's one or whether it's given, maybe. Yeah. Um, Brian so, Kavon. Brian Kavon. I mean, we we could do a whole podcast on this guy. I mean, as uh, Keith recently had the pleasure of going through Saga, oh. which is his most uh, recent title and uh-huh. what a title! Uh, Fifty-four yeah. issues, which he demolished in about a week. Have you read Saga? Right? I have not read Saga. I would love yeah. to lend you those three yeah. on the business so you can on the buy, yeah. on, the, on the bus. On the buy. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about Saga a lot. Saga is something that, you know, sort of means something to myself and to Vicky as well. It was one of the, the first titles I got Vicky into comics uh, was through Saga. And she's enjoyed that series so much now she even has a tattoo of it on her arm. Um, Saga's wonderful. It's on a bit of a break at the moment, but... Um, coming back this year. Coming back this year, hopefully. Um, whereas Saga would be Brian K. Bond's, um Vicky's favourite Brian K. Bond story. Mine is Why the Last Man. Yeah, which um, we'll probably, get, in, which probably we'll get into. Get to at some and point as this well. This would be my favourite. And th- yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe just to give a little back, bit of background. Um, you two, this was my pick. You two had not read it. Read it for no, the first time. No, not at all, yeah. Um, so this was um, basically, what, 10 years ago, I think I bought it, um, just for a random browse in uh, Forbidden Planet. So this was all, um, I should say, this was the pre-C&H days, yeah. you know, pre-Coffee and Heroes Coffee days. Coffee and Heroes is two years <laughs> old, um, Forbidden Planet, obviously a staple, obviously some listeners aren't from Belfast, but um, yeah, so back in the day when you used to go to, that's what I really love about Coffee and Heroes, not to go off on a tangent, but there's a lot of, you can spend hours just browsing, mm-hmm. yeah, I really love that, and that's what I used to do. Um, this was kind of... In my teenage years, I bought like a few comics like Mouse and was getting into like the G.I. Joe and Transformers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this was a title that sort of um, brought me back in 
into the fold I think because had you had you read reviews of it or was nope. this a pure no just pure, browsing choice pure just really like the look of it being a young twenty like I think was twenty one being interested in sort of the Iraq War and politics and kind of stuck out to me I really like the idea of it I love um, for me like animal farm that kind of story i really like um really love animals as well so that was kind of my i just picked it up and i was like this sounds class um so and then kind of really changed my my view on a lot of things um but yeah i guess we can get into it so we're gonna go into a little bit of history about vertigo Mm -hmm. so we all know vertigo like an imprint of dc comics so started in around 1990, yeah, early 90s. 90s. Yeah. So obviously the big titles, Swamp Thing, Hellblazer, you had Hellblazer, Constantine, Lucifer, um, and, and then you move on to Sandman, Greats, Preacher, yeah. Why the Last Man, yeah, Hundred Bullets. Um, so we're thinking Pride of Baghdad sort of came in the second wave, sort of. Yeah, those are all the 90s. In the 2000s, you had. Brian K. Vaughan's Why the Last Man. Uh, you had Scalped. You had Hundred Bullets. You had Scalped is a wonderful title. Yeah. If you've never read it, Keith, it's Jason Aaron. Yeah, it is oh, wonderful. Oh, Jason Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I think we've yeah. talked about him yeah. before. What did yeah. he do? <laughs> he did a he nineteen-year run on that. <laughs> <laughs> Scalped's but, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, this is sort of. It was sort of. We were thinking, not necessarily a renaissance, of, but we think it's like this middle two thousands is one of the greatest periods of, in comics I think so I, I refer to it as the golden age of indie comics which I now think we're in a second yeah, cause we have age, age because Image at the moment just knock it out of the park on a monthly basis but back then maybe indie comics weren't as big as they were until Vertigo came along yeah I think. I think you still had Image you still you had the very formations of what we see today with Image but Vertigo I still think was the was the king yeah. at that point and something for me Pride of Baghdad Obviously, with those big, like, many hundred issue runs of those Wild Last Man or Scalped is really long, 100 Bullets is probably over 100 issues. It's 100 issues? Yeah, exactly 100 issues, <laughs> yeah. is it? Exactly 100 <laughs> yeah, issues. I like that. Always think it was planned that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, this was something very different, actually, for the time, and we think, in many ways, it was, it was a bit of a game changer. Yeah, I mean, just with the same with Brian K. Vaughan, I mean, his two big ones were Why the Last Man and Ex Machina at that mm-hmm. point, and Ex Machina was 50-plus issues, and Why the Last Man was 60-plus. So it's interesting, in this, you're saying it's a trailblazer. Yeah, so it's very much a self-contained <clears throat> story. Um, wasn't released as single issues at the time. Um, it was only released as a graphic novel, which you may think, Okay, right, great. Yeah. Um, but at, at the time, like, even... It's a big risk at the time. Yeah, even, like, smaller stuff, because I remember there was We Three by Grant Morrison's really oh, that good was title. The, 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 the bunny and the yeah, dog and the, um, the, the cat as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as, like, government experiments. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so they had that, but even that was um, single issues. So this was just solely graphic novel, self-contained story. I believe, like, Brian K. Vaughan wrote it after seeing an article well i think he wanted to make make some sort of comments he wanted to write a story about what he saw in the iraq war and this was sort of his response to it he saw a i think it's an article about lions having escaped Baghdad Zoo. again this is based on a true story yeah yeah, yeah so essentially highly fictionalized yeah yeah, yeah yeah essentially the bombing in Baghdad it affected a part of Baghdad where there was um 
a way for the animals to escape the zoo. Yeah. So the true story part of it was the four lions wandering well, the, the streets. The true, sto- true story part was actually the beginning of the story and the end of the story. Yes. So yeah. I guess we should say full spoiler warning. I guess yeah, we'll very much so. It, and yeah. this, you know, before we jump into it too much, I mean, general opinion, I thought this was wonderful. Highly, highly recommend reading it before listening to the rest of this podcast because there are some <laughs> great surprises in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is hard for us with with these book clubs. We do like them to be spoiler filled. Good yeah. discussion. And this is a this is a wonderful title, and I'm really thankful that Rob uh, Roddy actually recommended this. Oh, because I, I wouldn't have read this otherwise. So I, I'm I, yeah, fantastic book. I was thinking about it the other day because um, my girlfriend was asking me like, oh, so um, like you're doing the next book club. I was telling her about it, um, and she she was like, oh, uh, what are you what are you what are you doing? And I was like, gonna pick Pride of Baghdad because it's probably one of my favorite comics, and eventually. She's probably not the greatest of comic fans, but um, she was like, oh, that sounds really good, yeah. So I lent it to her, and she's read read about half of it at the moment, so looks like we might have a convert. Uh, <laughs> and a great book to be converted on. Is yeah. there a slight worry on your part when you recommend, when you choose this, and it's one of your favorites? You desperately yeah, want people to yeah. love it as much as you do. Is there a certain worry that, God, what if they don't like it? I can't do this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to quit. <laughs> But yeah, um, very interesting the fact that Brian K. Vaughan, I read um, a couple of stuff, I will say. I read a really good comic comic book resources article about it. And then there was another one, another article that I might sort of quote that was, um, it was a blog from this uh, war, uh, war veteran website mm-hmm. where uh, like a soldier from Iraq basically read the book and like put all his thoughts about it. It's really good. Um, we can maybe put the link in the description or whatever. Definitely, yeah, but, um, sounds interesting. Yeah, he's, he sort of went it, went into it and went through his experiences with the Iraq War, basically everything he went through, and then he was like, he understood the perspectives. Each of the four lions have a different perspective on like the war and freedom. And yeah. Shall we? Shall we get into the, but, the story? And yes. Then we can, we can. Well, do you want to talk about the, Keith? Tell us about the Iraq War. Well, uh, okay, we know what they're. We need to. I mean, yeah, shall we get into the story of, the, of, the, of yeah. the novel and yes. you know go through it, and then we can we can it'll coach, I guess, what it is. Where yeah, I mean, because oh. that is it's an overtly political book. Oh, very much it's, so. Uh, very much so. You know, um, it's. Uh, I mean, to me, there's there's definite animal farm influences. Mm-hmm. George Orwell, you know, and of course everything that George Orwell writes is overtly political. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so, and one thing it's worth saying is this, this book is beautiful looking. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. yeah. We were trying to look up what else that the uh, the artist has done, and it seems very they seem very sparing in their work. Yeah, like we, which is surprising given the this, amount of beautiful beauty double of this, page yeah. splashes and. Because I know he's he's a Canadian artist, um, but he's I think it said he mostly does covers like Marvel covers. Oh, um, he's done Marvel covers, DC covers. It's very strange and, yeah. how he hasn't done much more because this yeah. is this is stunning this is really really gorgeous book um but yeah anyway so we start off um start off basically we have our four lines our pride our pride yeah uh-huh. our pride and zell and we uh, have zell yeah ali a, i have a few wee notes there on it so the, the four main ones you've got zill who is the male lion yeah um he is um has grown comfortable and fat in a zoo cage he was he was 
He was captured though. He was yeah. born yeah. on the Ser- was, Serengeti. Well, this he, is it. He dreams of seeing the horizon again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, he's sort of fat and comfortable. And he and, yeah, he's yeah. always storytelling <clears throat> about the great sunsets. Yeah. Yeah. He's a protector yeah. though. He's, a, he's also yeah. a protector of his family. Like he's, uh, you know, and we have. Uh, then you've got Noor, Noor who is Zill's current mate she's the younger one she's the younger one and I mean the the book starts off with her even scheming even before the bombings a way to mm. try and escape she was interesting to me she was interesting to me because she was born she was born in the wild and she was captured young so she's lived most of her life in uh, in captivity yeah and she's most voracious about freedom yeah and she's, as you say, she's trying to scheme. Like even before the bombing, know, and the she's bombing. trying to form alliances with other but, animals. But as someone, you know, her her freedom, her her, her she was born in the wild, you yeah. know. But it was in her childhood, and I think I thought she was really interesting because it's almost like she's yearning for something that she doesn't really know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And she just has childhood yeah, memories of, and you know. Not She's to like romanticize yeah, 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 and not to not to bring you know Northern Ireland politics into the whole thing, <laughs> but you know there's an entire generation of people you know in Northern Ireland who didn't experience the troubles, who mm-hmm. romanticize them, and you know think about the you know what I mean. It's in, so so that that tweaked on me, you know, yeah. a bit. that was interesting. Yeah, she even has a scene where she. Um, Tries to convince an antelope to uh, a natural to, enemy. Yeah, to, <laughs> to uh, focus on like a, she says, liberation. Liberation is within our reach. Yeah. So, you know, this person she is supposed to hunt the antelope, mm-hmm. but it, here she is like scheming. She is as out. close to a fundamentalist in the trade as as yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. So those two have a um, a child. Mm. Uh, I don't think. I don't think Zill's the father. I've always thought Zill was the father because it's. It, I thought it was established that Zill is the child. Uh, sorry, Ali is the child of Zill and Noor. I don't know. I wasn't sure. Certainly, he's the child of Noor, mm. but maybe that's 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 the social yeah. socialization of lions, you know. But yeah. um, you know, the the cub is very inquisitive, naive, impulsive as all children are. Born in born in captivity. Born in captivity, but obviously hears these great stories, mostly from her mother, yeah. about you know the wild, and you know hears these stories about the horizon, and mm-hmm. so um, Ali very much wants to know what is outside the zoo. And then the the last main character is called Safa, which I think they made a really class um, artist choice here as well because I thought it could have been confusing very quickly for getting Noor and Safa confused. The two female maidless. But Safa has lost an eye and has a scar across it, so you could always see who was who. But Safa is very much an old lioness who appreciates the safety of captivity and believes freedom comes with a bit of a high price. But she's, she's also got she's got a history yeah that is very and one yeah, of the reasons oh, yeah. one of the reasons yeah, that this book has been almost banned a number of times this yeah she has a very dark history yeah, which is tough uh-huh. reading at times but again yeah. great storytelling but yeah to get into it so it starts starts off they're basically just basking in the zoo and then we have a bird fly by and the sky is falling the sky is falling the sky is falling and then you see this double page spread of the jets flying over that's american just an iconic jets, yeah. yeah american jets uh the americans obviously <laughs> big villains in this book um so that's an iconic image um so we go through it just talking skies falling there's um 
Noor trying to make an alliance with the antelopes. I think uh, there's one point that's really, and that's just where you're at now, it's, it's really worth mentioning is Azil, uh, who's the, the male, mm-hmm. the leader of the pride, the alpha. And he says, my, you know, my first pride lived near it next to a hill and in the evenings I'd go to the very top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of each day, I watched as the horizon devoured the sun in slow, steady bites, spilling it across the azure sky, you know. And it's it's just, it's first it's a lot, it's beautifully written, it's a beautifully written it's p- very, piece, um, you know, but it, 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 it has reference to the rest of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very different to think um, this was written when he was doing Why the Last Man, which is very uh, like pop culture, very, yeah, very, pop very culture snarky, heavy. very witty. And then you have this, which is so just so completely different. And I don't know really where he where he got it from. But yeah, keep going. We're just also the faces. They are quite anthropomorphic. Would big you say? Style, yeah, yeah. Big style, they're yeah. very emotive, very expressive. There's a definitely definitely human qualities in those animals. Yeah, um, I noticed as well. Zill has this mane of hair. You yeah. know, he has a mane, and the lion's mane obviously is a as a thing but whenever he's in the zoo he's it's drawn the mane and sort of raggled yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and unkempt you know and I think you'll see later on that whenever he's out in the wild mm-hmm. the mane's a lot more proud and a lot more you know what I mean yeah flowing yeah a bit like myself with all, <laughs> all these lots you know you just um, see yourself in this book that's what it is um, are you a captivity erotic <laughs> well sometimes yeah with the uh, with the real job yeah but anyway um so they basically get a donkey thrown into them and they see the captors are running away and that's strange and because normally they'd be fed bit by bit but yeah they, but they just throw a, this mule in and a rough, yeah. flipping thrown in there yeah. it's very it's a very strange book because in some ways it's absolutely gorgeous but other image it just sits alongside this horrifying imagery of like this donkey just the skin donkey being, yeah, uh, but yeah it's all bright sunshine and, yeah you know but not for long yep so there's an explosion um and then they say the alley is like is that a horizon Ali's so never seen a horizon no yeah. <laughs> and then they're quickly like no it's not um so they think this is the end they think this is the end of them themselves but then they soon realize they're free that's whatever the, the bombs so drop the bomb has the, obviously yeah. blown a blown a hole in the entire zoo so they're they're free captivity is no more they're actually given what they're wanted what they've wanted but as um Noor says freedom can't be earned only given so it starts a, there's a lot of um a lot of discussion in the book like what what is freedom the nature of freedom yeah, yeah 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 which obviously like we'll get into it now there's a lot of parallels to i mean that's Iraq. That, that's that's what i think whenever i was talking about her being the most funda- fundamentalist mm-hmm. of the lot is you know what she wanted was freedom yeah freedom has now been handed to her but she doesn't want it because she didn't yeah, earn, it. Got to earn it it was yeah. just a thing that happened <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah freedom is not happenstance is it yeah so anyway they have a discussion um basically should they do this should they not um and then they sort of basically they have a lot of discussions a lot of um well, it was one of the most horrific parts of the book yeah. just that you pulled to here yeah so the animals sort of starting to escape and the, the, there's a giraffe 
and the giraffe is clearly not quite uh, it's very religious isn't it he? seems to be religious yeah the heavens are opening the old ones have heard our prayers they're coming to you and then a drum a bomb drops on his head and <laughs> blows his head off yeah. and then you've got this just the headless giraffe falling down and then trying to get out of the way it's, it's a horrific scene yeah it's horrific. really visceral like really visceral and it's, it's quite weird because all the they're all working together almost well, Which, well they they're all trying to they, yeah, there's their social a, do, norms are. Do you gone. think that's sort of an allegory on Christianity a little bit that the per, that the character who believes in God is the first one to die, and it's like God won't save you? Well, maybe, mm, maybe. I didn't, you know. didn't think that, but maybe. I didn't yeah. think it until just yeah. a second, just when you were saying it. So yeah, there's um really great scene with the monkeys. Um, we're family now, and then there's this sort of they capture they capture yeah, Ali. Ali. Yeah, really good and. Um, sort of wanted to bring this up so if you ever if you are ever reading it the colors in it are absolutely stunning yeah but baghdad almost seems to mirror like the plains of africa or something yeah. where these lions are the colors very um very plain like very a lot of oranges reds yeah browns, yeah there are yeah yeah crisp colors so i think there's something to that um then yeah. Ali is saved from the monkeys well, we, by, uh, well we should say at this Safra. point um, just where you're talking about the freedom and so forth Safa decides that they're going to stay behind mm-hmm. and that they don't want to embrace this freedom yeah. but then she's the one that comes and, and saves that's right she, just, she doesn't want change yeah. she, she, so, she wants to stay there she was the one who was born in the wild has experienced the wild as the uh, in all its positives and negatives yeah. mm-hmm. and has been now uh, in captivity and has gone actually you know this it's not as bad as you think it is yeah. Yeah. so at this point when the monkeys have she's kidnapped not ready, yeah, she's not ready to change yeah. when they've kidnapped Ali um, Nora and Zilla are on the other side of the pond and they're like I'll not get to save Ali in time yeah. then that's when yeah. Safa makes this sort of heroic gesture and arrives just at the in the nick of time yeah and I just love the dynamic between them all Ali's obviously very very young very innocent very forthright and then everyone else is sort of putting their burdens on each other mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then they just sort of move well, shall we say freely through the city yeah <laughs> so they don't understand what's going on yeah they don't get it they don't understand I mean, obviously the, the war has got no significance to them they don't understand or care what a human war is because uh, it's about the difference between captivity and freedom for them and now they're offered this freedom in this strange place which is an urban place yeah you know what I mean they're in Baghdad yeah. Um, you know, and you know, Ali would have no concept anyway because he was born in cap- captivity. So it's kind of almost like Carl in uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, who was was a kid whenever the zombies arrived, and was the quickest to adapt yeah. to yeah. to that new reality. You know what I mean? Um, and is therefore least freaked out by it and most useful in it. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> You know, so yeah, uh, so it's an interesting. They're exploring, but they're they're sort of exploring randomly and trying to. They, they feel like they need to find shelter, yeah, and find food. Mm-hmm. And those are obviously uh, that's their hierarchy of needs. That's what they need: yeah. food and shelter. That's what we all need. Um, so yeah, so that's what they're seeking. <laughs> you they know, come, so. basically they come. There's a really nice line where it says. Um, I knew it the camels always said this place was surrounded by desert but that was nothing but lies lies to keep us passive so something to think about for uh, the people of Iraq maybe um, yeah 
Um, just a gorgeous book. So basically, there's quite a lot of there's a lot of action. I love the scene where they meet the turtle. Yeah, the turtle, because he <laughs> the turtle had seen the previous uh, Gulf War as well. well. I think he'd seen so, more than that. I, yeah. <laughs> like, the impression is that the turtle's like a hundred years old. Yeah, since <laughs> the beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's getting out, get away from my river. This, I've lived here yeah. all my life. I ain't leaving. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, I'm sure there's. I like, like that this turtle has an American yeah. accent in the middle of Iraq. And there's there's probably people like that too. You know, we're yep. that wouldn't want to leave. That don't understand an entire thing. And yeah, so the the turtle, his face is even just so expressive. And then I mean the the thing is that he's lost his family in the previous war and the and yeah. previous wars. You know the. And I, I don't get the feeling that he's referring to the Gulf War, the previous war. I think I got I got the impression that he was referring to further back, prior, yeah, yeah much yeah. much older wars, yeah. But he's lost his family, and he sort of understands the the the, the cost, the cost, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some lovely colours in those bits too. So you sort of see the blue sky and a lot of lush greens around the river. But then, sort of the beauty of nature as well as yeah. you know the horrors of war. Um, their first, uh, their first encounter with with humans and tanks. Yeah. Yep. You know, other than <laughs> the keepers, other than the zookeepers. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a lot of this in the book. There's a lot of double page spreads. Yeah. Which I, excuse me, I really really love. The art's fantastic. Um, it's just like they take a moment and then we're like, okay, here's a double page spread to let everything breathe. Yeah. So yeah, they're obviously terrified by the tank. Well, they, their their perception <laughs> of the tanks is that the tanks are predators. That yeah, they're either going towards an enemy or from an enemy, and they should either be in front of them uh, in order to you know if they're running away from something, they need to be in front of them. Yeah, in order yeah. to get away from whatever they're running yeah, from, the most or they need to be behind them to stop to have them between whatever they're moving to. Yeah, you know, and then then they actually get into Baghdad. Mm-hmm. They get into the city because obviously the zoo's in the outskirts, I think, of the town, and the colours change a wee bit. The colours darken to to reds, and there was something that I, re- I noted about that was that the at this point there's a lot of glowing reds. You know, when we see the stat, the very famous statue of Saddam Hussein mm-hmm. that was pulled down by the you know uh, later on, you yep. know, after you know whenever that you know, but it's two thousand five. It was pulled down, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, and the. I think that the reds at this stage, because you can see that you can see the change, you can see the change in mm-hmm. colours, uh, and I think the reds in this scene, you know, we're we're looking at the war torn sky of Iraq, mm-hmm. you know, where dust has been thrown up and it's been bombed and it's burning and there's smokes and that's where you get these reds. But the reds also mirror the reds of like Africa and the Serengeti, yeah, and the setting yeah, sun. You know yeah. what I mean and. Like that feeds into later on as well you know what i mean so i think that's beautiful i think the way that the colors are fantastic yeah you know yeah so there's another their ideologies are obviously the four of them represent a different thing really they do uh, yeah they on, do. on freedom um and then so they find um they find a body of a human there um, who they see as they see as a zookeeper yeah the person that, one of the people who fed <laughs> them, them yeah. you know and i think that's when you start to really see the differences where zill is he's been in the center he's he's now seeing this as meat yeah. and we're hungry and i have to feed my family so we will eat this body we will <laughs> eat this corpse and that's fine and Safa, who's the old lioness, you know, and she's living the wild, but she's living in captivity, and she's like, but these these were the people who fed us. These were our, you know, 
Uh, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Well, so yeah, definitely that would be a really good way of putting it. But then they're also the people who kept them captive, you know. So, and yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. There that that moral dilemma that that presents to them. Yeah, it's very know? poignant, isn't it? Yeah, like because I'm sure there's there's some crossover into the war and how you know once all remnants of uh, society just drop mm. once all pretense drops like what would what would you do it was interesting because i was i was looking at some stuff and i made some notes on because i think the, the big part of this is about the who the lions represent mm -hmm. and the and this political thing and i i reckon they all represent parts of iraqi society okay you know yeah. so um so what i was saying was Safa's the old INS and she's lived her life in the wild and has scars to remind her of the wild, you know, and mm -hmm. the brutality. She's become accustomed to captivity and sees the zookeepers, and this is where it comes out, she sees the zookeepers as a source of food and security. And there was a there was a part of Iraqi society, um, a political party, you know, who although they weren't in love with Saddam at the time mm -hmm. they preferred the devil they knew yep that's that's her that's her yeah and then you had Noor who was the younger lioness who entered captivity at a young age doesn't remember the wild but growing up in a cage she yearns for freedom and the chance to see the world outside and she represents those Iraqis I think who tore down Saddam's statue and were idealistic and full of hope for the future you know the younger generation re relative to Safa yeah uh, Zill doesn't have strong opinions about whether freedom or activity would be would be better you know he's lived half and half mm -hmm. you know and his concern is for the well-being of his pride and you know regardless of everything else and he's he's those more um, pragmatic Iraqis who are trying to adapt to the chaos that's come from from the yeah, the the relative civility in which they lived, you know, mm -hmm. that came from the invasion. You yeah. know what I mean? Because although, you know, Saddam may have been, um, I guess a dictator. Yes. Yeah. You know, dictatorship. You know, still represents security. You know what I mean? So you're living mm -hmm. with if you're living under it, you go. This is how things are. This is, you know, yes, doesn't necessarily yeah, you don't know any exactly. Like, you yeah. know, nobody. You know. Yeah. So his main concern was like, okay, this is the way it is. So now I just have to protect my family and make sure everybody's fed and it's all good all the time. And that, you know, around that body, that's where it becomes the thing. And then you have Ali, who he's all naivety and innocent. He's he's Iraq's children, like, yep. you know what I mean? So I think these four lions represent parts or views on the invasion or the liberation. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so because this is an audio medium, yeah, not a sorry. visual medium, that was um, with a roll of the eyes, that uh, liberation. So yeah, so I, th I think that's what's really interesting about those four characters, and I think it all comes out around the corpse. Yeah. You sort of kind yeah. of start to see those. Anyway. Yeah, and then hurtling towards the end there, they, they basically turn up in the palace where they find a dead lion, and then they find out... He w they have a conversation with him basically and then they meet a pretty evil and scary black bear who was also a pet by the looks of it yeah, the, the dying yeah. lion and the pet are both, yeah. and, the, and the bear are both pets <laughs> the bear but it, that's it. that's what I couldn't figure out is who the dying lion is supposed to represent politically and who the bear is supposed to represent politically mm. 
Or if they are at all, maybe. I think they yeah. are though. I think just based on the based on the story and Brian K. Vaughan's reasons for writing the story, I think yeah. they are. I just don't know what. But yeah, well they well, there's a big fight with a the bear, there's really dark imagery in this. Um, again, again it goes so. through sequences, just going back to the colouring that, that Keith was alluding to earlier. It's very consistent. You'll get sort of eight to ten to fifteen page blocks where the yeah. colouring is the exact same. So when they're fighting the bear, it's all really dark and it's, it's black. Human and it's, palace, yeah, yeah it's, and it's, uh, you know, yeah. and then the fight actually ends up busting out onto the streets, and then we've got another color change, and it's all yellows and greens, mm. and um, it's a beautifully colored book as well yeah. as drawn, and yeah, the don't they fight the bear? Isn't the bear still alive because the bear was stealing the land's food as yeah, well, and exactly, that's why. Yeah. So unless that's some sort of allegory for taking you know is, food from yeah. the hungry, is the bear is the bear the is the bear the regime the political regime yeah. that was and they're taking it from the, yeah, and that's why the, the bears, people that's why the bears living in the in the palace despite the fight. Yeah, yeah. And and Kevin, and the yeah. lions are powerful, but they're like that one's kept as pets. Ah, okay. So there we the, go. There's the picture of the lion isn't there in the palace yeah and yeah like that's huge yeah yeah you know? so there we are that's what it is so if the four lions represent aspects of iraqi culture and their views on the war slash invasion slash liberation depending on how you look at it yeah um the 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 dying lion represents iraqi culture as a whole under the liberation mm-hmm. or under the in that situation and the bear represents uh, the ruling party yeah represents the party there you go yeah wow talk it out <laughs> maybe bump, bump <laughs> over <laughs> but yeah um, and, and oh wow <laughs> hold on yeah. the lions kill the bear yeah but they use an outside force in the form of the horses yes yeah, they do. which is yeah. exactly what the Americans wear the outside force in the invading uh, whoa yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Mr. Vaughan, um, if you're listening to us, you know we're, we're available yeah. anytime. <laughs> yeah. anytime. So that, so yeah, I guess the point is there that within the narrative, the the bears, the, sorry, the bears, the lions yeah. um, are struggling to defeat the bear to to kill the bear. He's a massive creature and he injures Safa. But whenever they get him outside, they use the horses yeah, to trample yeah. him. Uh, they use the horses. They can. They, they use the horses to trample the bear in order to defeat him. Yeah, because so, they yeah. refer to the horses at one point as an unstoppable force. Yeah, I think. I think. So, yeah. And then that's what I had in my mind. Very much the sort of um, the American government sending in their forces because they're obviously so powerful. They're unstoppable, they're force. unstoppable force, and they don't know what they're doing. They're and just <laughs> running forward. <laughs> and yeah, they're just stampeding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think probably if you've read it, probably when the the best parts or no. the saddest parts we're getting to the bittersweet oh, parts yeah. you, you just need to say the word fireflies really don't you fireflies yep and Ali just says fireflies and then it's like come on I found a hill because he thinks we're going to see the sunrise we're going to see fireflies yeah so we're going to see the horizon yeah yeah which the is the new horizon about. new dawn for them new beginning freedom the horizon that, that Zill's pride Zill used to see from the hill yeah in the Serengeti so they claim this hill of rubble <laughs> and is this you could almost say the horizon is like the new beginning that's promised by this outside force defeating yeah, yeah, what yeah, was there yeah but of course but it's tragic it's but tragic is that a horizon that <laughs> is a horizon it's the first time they've been high enough to see a horizon <laughs> uh, whether that's a city horizon but 
it's the idea of fireflies that attract Ali up there because he sees things shooting across the sky. Yeah, you know, and then and in a uh, in a in a horrible moment, we realise that the things he's seeing shooting across the sky, the things that he thinks are fireflies, are actually tracer rounds. Yeah, and uh, they climb this hill straight into the uh, straight into the targets of American forces. Yeah, who oh, to, it's uh, brutal. It's absolutely brutal. See, I have to admit, I was reading this book, and as I got to this point, I actually just thought, screw you, Roddy, I've had a hard enough week. <laughs> and then I was reading this, you know, there was stuff that happened in Walking Dead, there was a cancellation of Deadly Class, there was there was all these things that sort of happened in a week, and then I read this, and I just thought, Roddy, really? Are you, trying to, are you trying to yeah. kill me here? Yeah, it's just it's uh, just the way they lead up to it, you know, the, the lions climb the hill, and they're all... And they do it subtly as well. They're you know, all seeing this, there's Zell, who's the only one who's seen the horizon, who says... Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. And his mane is blown to the side, and there they are, a family. Very majestic image. Beautiful, yeah. It's uh, and uh, Safa, of course, she's blind in one eye, and she's been blind in the other. I believe. I think she's almost totally blind now after the fight mm-hmm. with the bear. Yeah. And uh, and then we hear a crack, and uh, and Zell drops, and. Uh, and then Safa is mowed down by she sees keepers which she just humans mm-hmm. you know she's and she's absolutely torn apart by uh, by bullets uh, oh it's nuts it's crazy they're just and then interesting really interesting is Nur refers to, she sees the humans and she refers to them as animals you goddamn, and then she's she and Ali are mowed down but even just like the naivety and the sort of innocence there of uh, Ali saying like I, I, I don't like the noise <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what is it what is it doesn't know ignorance you know crazy anthem crazy anthem and then lo and behold their top panel big American flag patch with the words Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. in the same panel yeah but it's it's interesting because obviously uh, you look at it from the soldiers point of view they're seeing these four lions on a roof yeah you know or on a, at the top you know going and why they shot Zill uh, you know but then it was whenever Safford charged at them obviously they, mm-hmm. they yeah you can understand themselves yeah. you know so because uh, they clearly you know that they I don't know that they just felt that they needed to or Jesus what would you do if you were a soldier faced with yeah. four lions on a roof you, you know it's you know because they're well even they're trying to make sense of it they're like you know oh what the hell was that are you alright son he's like it, it, it charged right at us sir it, it didn't I didn't want to put it down but you, know, you didn't have a choice I know where'd they come from sir those aren't those things aren't wild, wild out here are they because the Americans they don't, they don't they're yeah. going or you know and uh, no not wild they're free Jesus. Yeah. And then there's brutal. another one of those double finish, page spreads. Yeah. And we finish with the bird that was saying the sky was falling against the jets. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect, lovely comic book storytelling. And then there's a little bit at the end. Um, there were other cases. Says, yeah. um, April of 2003, four lions escaped the Baghdad Zoo during the bombing of Iraq. The starving animals were eventually shot and killed by US soldiers. There were other casualties as well, <laughs> so I think that's quite typical Brian K. Vaughan little jab there, but a fantastic one of my favorite comics. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! So, Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, it was. And it was. It was published at a. It was published at a tricky time mm-hmm. as well. Two two thousand six. I think it was. You know, yeah. and 
he says he, he pitched the book back in 2003 and that was uh, interestingly it was what it was at the time that the Dixie Chicks did a oh yes a, yes I remember a gig yeah, in, yeah. in the UK in London and they had said you know actually because there was that was the time when people were protesting massively against the Iraq War here yeah. whenever Tony Blair was ready to take Britain in and you know all of that and they said the Dixie Chicks in their gig said we're we're on your side too yeah. you know I mean we we can't believe we're, that America are doing this we're thinking our president is wrong and that was a massive thing for them because. They were a country music band, but of course, you yeah. know there was yeah, a lot of right wing country yeah. music. That was there. That was a huge, that, that, yeah, the huge yeah. Dixie, and it became in America that at that time it became almost a treasonous act to, to speak out against yeah. the Iraq War, which we see more and more now. Like you know, so and here this is, yeah, like exactly, pro- protest art, an overtly political story, yeah. you know, about a conflict that at that time was still going on, and uh, but yeah, um, Brian K. Vaughan says that. Pray to Baghdad, no matter what he has written or what he writes since, this is the story to be most proud of. Oh, really? So, yeah. 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 I I don't know. I was kind of thinking it doesn't really get any. I know there's some like pretty grand quotes on the back, Alan. Yeah, there was. Um, <laughs> I once I read it when I read a book like this or something that really affects me. I like to go and read other viewpoints on it and other reviews and stuff like that. And IGN said, you know, you can put it in your shelf next to Watchmen. It's that good. And I would agree it is that high of a standard, but as you say, it's almost like a unsung hero type of book, yeah, almost, yeah, because I, I, would, I, I wouldn't have heard of it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have heard For of it whatever reason, like, it, yeah. even given my love of the writer, I still never felt compelled to read it before. Yeah. And, you know, you picked it, I was like, right, here we go, give it a read, and then it just it just got me from the start, you know, in one sitting, done. Yeah. Um, he actually, and, didn't he say, I saw an interview where he said, um, he intended it to be for you to read it in one sitting. Yeah, yeah it was. So, which I thought was really interesting. It probably yeah, goes yeah, through the format of it too. There's no natural act breaks in it or anything like that. No. That's no, the thing. Even continuous. We were talking there about like the color changes and stuff like that. Those are not like full stops in the story mm-hmm. and then new beginnings. It's literally that's it from page yeah. to page. Yeah. But and, and I mean, over over how long a period does the story take place? It seems like it's all in the same day. Yeah, it seems you like know, it takes but, place over about fifteen minutes to me. Well, it seems that certainly yeah. by the time that they're seeing the fireflies, the tracer rounds, it's nighttime. Yeah, but you know, obviously, there's probably a note about when the lions were killed, but there's probably not a note about when they escaped. When they escaped, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's hard to say. You know, I'd say based on a true story, but. Uh, but yeah, there was time was a strange wasn't wasn't clear on that. But then how do lions perceive time? So mm-hmm. you know, really, really great, really great. Um, says that um, whenever Pride of Baghdad was published, the Iraq War was in its third year, and by then, in addition to evolving into a protracted war, Iraqi society had developed into a full blown sectarian war, mm-hmm. which was not the case before. Yeah, you know yeah. the Americans and the, the outside forces got involved. Don't want to. Uh, what's more, lack of evidence for weapons of mass destruction and the collusion between Al Qaeda and Saddam, the chief reasons for the invasion, of course, caused support for the war to at home and abroad to decline. Unlike earlier years, by two thousand and six, criticism of the war is more accepted and more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, the. You know, polling organizations had carried out many opinion surveys in Iraq uh, since March 2003, 
And these polls, including those sponsored by the US and UK governments, clearly showed that Iraqis were very critical of the presence of foreign forces in the country. So you're kind of you're you're looking at it's interesting who whether or not that lines up with the, the characters in the book or whether or not you know yeah yeah it doesn't really does it yeah it's, yeah. it's the, I think that was a criticism that yeah was one of the criticisms of the book was that but what a what a book what yeah. a book great choice right slightly different maybe it sums up uh, my level of fandom or like it's a big influence on me and everything I try and write especially with like tales of the fresher mind and fresher worlds and all try and write about something that means something you know mm -hmm. well, something that's, that has heart that's why it's nice to be able to listen to your buddies whenever they make recommendations because I wouldn't yeah. have read this if you hadn't recommended it and I'm really really glad I did yeah yeah. definitely going to buy my own copy not an indie book nope DC Vertigo still <laughs> there is um, but not a typical DC yeah, Vertigo book either. there is a really good uh, hardcover edition um, I think it has a lot of extra material but I think it's out of print so it's quite expensive yeah yeah, I've, um, I have ordered in some copies of the trade paperback for the store. Um, just obviously, any time we do book clubs and so forth, I like to make sure people get their hands on you know mm -hmm. what we what we enjoy so much, you know. Um, but a book that uh, has they've been trying they've tried to ban a couple of times, but not because of <laughs> not because of political opinions. It's but yeah. because there's a there's a fairly uh, explicit rape scene in it. Yeah. Um, back in the wild when. Safa, the older lion, is set upon by yeah. a group of, of male lions. Um, and, and they're was, all yeah, and they're all yeah. gonna take their turn on her and all yeah, it's pretty yeah, tough it reading. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, um, that informs Safa's character massively. Mm. You know, so And that's how she lost an eye, wasn't it? Yeah, during that, that as well. Because yeah. she tried yeah. to fight back. Yep. Um but yeah, I mean beautiful book. Um brilliantly written, mm -hmm. brilliant to read. Um it is interesting as you're saying there about it being almost being banned a few times. Just flicking back through it there I noticed with the Saddam um, statue it's interestingly shot from the back mm -hmm. you know it's not like we're going to be ridiculously explicit about this and mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. you know from the front so great book, great book. <clears throat> yeah bottom line yeah. great book can't recommend it enough and um, you're going to have copies in store 100% um, and I think that'll be one that we'll always make sure we keep on the shelves from here on in because sweet yeah. again we were talking about it a little bit being a little bit of an unsung hero of a book I think if we can bring a bit more attention to it all the better because it's it's pretty damn yeah. excellent but interesting to see where we are now with the Iraq war and how this book has moved on mm -hmm. like maybe maybe that is potentially why because I don't want to say it's not as important now but it, like the world's viewpoint has maybe moved away from Iraq yeah so maybe that's why the book doesn't have enough attention on it or yeah mm. I don't really know can't really answer that one but I've always when I see like comic lists it's never on there so yeah. that's kind of why I wonder what I the turtle would be it. saying now mm. <laughs> <laughs> well thankfully he's one of the yeah, characters yeah. that seemingly makes it out a lot he will he will live on <laughs> yeah. excellent Ronnie. Yeah. fantastic so, thank you very much yeah. yes no yeah. worries big no thanks worries. for recommending that one um, so what's next yeah so we're going to be moving from one vertical title to another vertical title which is Fables it's going to be next which was recommended by Kieran um, I've had the pleasure of reading it but again, I had never discovered it before, but I know you guys are going to mm -hmm. get onto that as well. Yep. So that'll be the next book club will be Fables. So the entirety of Fables? Well, this is the thing. <laughs> it's, everything we've done so far has been self-contained. So yeah. Pride of Baghdad, original graphic novel, Secret Wars was all 12 issues, Mr. Miracle was all that 12. That was through no real <clears throat> choice of our own. Yeah. It was just whatever we wanted. Just happened to, to be yeah, that yeah. way. 
But what we want to do is, you know, we, we don't want to exclude titles just because they're 100 issues long or they're 50 issues long. There's always arcs within those titles. 100%. Yeah. Um, so what we'll do is, if it's a long run, we'll read the first arc, definitely, possibly yeah. the first two, and then go from there. Cool. I think around 12 issues should be the maximum. So two arcs, if it's yeah. a long yeah. running thing. You need to get me reading Fables then. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so once again, cheers for rec- the recommendation, Riley. Brilliant book. Cool. Um, and that will bring an end to our book club number three. So, nice. so we need to rank the books so far. I think this is a feature we can. Uh, ranking system, really? I think so. Ooh, I think so. Controversial, controversial. I think so. Because we're I all going to cause a few arguments. Yeah, I would be happy to leave that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Listeners should do maybe a discussion off air. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll leave it there then. I don't want to start any fights. Um, yeah. So that was Pride of Baghdad, book club number three. Thanks for listening. Oh, as ever, as ever, yeah, leave us your you. thoughts. Where we are considering uh, setting up dedicated social media channels to the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which will make it really easy for you guys to leave your comments or get in touch. Um, including those folks who live far away and can't get into the store 100% um, you know we, we like the idea of the podcast being a wee bit of a community as well as obviously the store being its own community um, so keep your eyes out for that and we'll go from there so cheers as always guys um, nice thank one you. guys thank look, you look forward to your company again thanks very much bye My bladder is okay. Thank you. Thank you for the concern. Good. Okay. Thank you.